Hey Baconeers, Doug here. Due to Lizzie's busy schedule, Deb's busy schedule, and my busy schedule covering Mile High Con, this is a con audio episode. The first one is the second half of the Scott McNeil Q&A. We've already posted his voice acting panel. This is his Q&A. And the second one is the DC vs. Marvel panel from Mile High Con. Hope you guys enjoy. See you next week. Bye. I get happy. I have one Slurpee a year. And it's got to have, you find the place that's got the great Fanta and the great crush. That is your Mecca. <laughs> Just if you're like me. And then I experience, which I do every year, the simultaneous brain and belly freeze. <laughs> I mean, I knew about brain freeze. Until I had my first Slurpee, and it was like boom. I'm just like ah, yeah, ah. ah. And that thing of putting your tongue against the roof of your mouth—it doesn't work. Just say it. Just. Saturday than Saturday day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, even just for me walking around, like, you know, maybe two people came up and said hi and said, now all of a sudden today, you got the whole room. when I'm trying to get something to eat, everybody was like, hey, Scott. I'm like, hey. You got any food? That's really good. Cool. Want me to sign some food? <laughs> so that would be good. I'm just saying. I don't know why he lives over there. <laughs> Which makes me very afraid of what actually lives over here. No, I know what lives over there. Oh. Let me see if one of these things works, just because. Yeah, because I don't need it, need it but... <laughs> In this corner, corner. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the ring. I did a movie once where I played a ring announcer. Wow. He <laughs> <laughs> might... <laughs> I'm going to pretend that I don't need this. <laughs> Why does it say bacon on it? <laughs> that would kill me. Is it bacon? No. Promise? Father, I, I swear. It it's not bacon. Okay. Because if I bite into this and it's suddenly absurdly no, delicious, I'll know. I know it's bacon. <laughs> I've done that in the past. It was like, oh my god, this is god damn it, it's not barking at <laughs> Why is it the most delicious thing on the planet and why does it make the baby huge <laughs> Why? Because bacon. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that I would accidentally. Then I get away. I don't know if it's just me or you or anyone else, but like, I like pickles, mm -hmm. but somebody had to be the one that went, you know what make this meat taste good? A pickle. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Well, that's high and annoying voice, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
I turn into Seinfeld. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to watching Scott eat. Yes. <laughs> I paid for this privilege. There are times when your Scottish restaurant that you've got Yesterday was peanut butter. Yes. Somebody goes, I'm like, 
Uh, I know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> you people are crazy. I'm home. These are my people. <laughs> so, uh, my name's Scott. I'm a boy. Oh, waltz on in whenever you're ready. I had a ton of food in here for everyone, but you missed it, so there. <laughs> What's in the giant yellow bag? Uh, bit of merchandise. A bit of merchandise. <laughs> like an elephant. Half an elephant. Which half? On her back. This is important. <laughs> this is what he got the bag for. <laughs> Ask for the bag. Buy a giant bag for fourteen ninety nine. You get a free thing. Because <laughs> everybody needs a free thing. It's a McDonald's burger. It never really leaves you. Still a better love story than Take on the plane though, it's three. <laughs> More than three ounces. So, welcome to my ADOS world. Shiny squirrel boobies. Did I tell you that I have the painting of the shiny squirrel boobies? My friend Sonia in Florida, who is an astonishing artist, and it sort of became because I was up on, you know, doing my usual randoms. You may have noticed I'm a little disjointed. <laughs> and it was like, you shiny squirrel boobies. And it just became shiny stories. <laughs> so I have this amazing acrylic artwork of what are very clearly boobies. <laughs> and definitely very shiny. Not in a chromy metallic, but sort of, you know, a, a glistening wet and on a squirrel. <laughs> so I own a painting of shiny squirrel boobies. <laughs> this is why my life is awesome. <laughs> it's just mean. There's like three candies up here. <laughs> like that's it, and they're tiny. Torpedo. No. No. Oh. <laughs> I was all excited. It was gonna be three for three. <laughs> Turn the guy. I'm gonna give you that one. He's caught it on the bounce. <laughs> Which in like rugby or Aussie rules football would be fine. Yeah. It is all oh, gonna be Australian. I mean, uh, Aussie rules football is the way we're gonna go. Well, come from the land where everything's a question. Come <laughs> in Queensland, which is totally true, I think. <laughs> you have to move your head around like this a lot. And you want to make the accent work. No wonder I moved here. 
Was it something I said? No, she touched me. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's cups. Now <laughs> <laughs> I had to pee in a cup. I had to pee so bad I had to pee in a cup. Oh, listen, lady pal. Um, so, what? So, what do I do? I do voices for a living. <laughs> in other words, I take the voice from the inside and I put them on <laughs> And I've been doing that for a long time now. Your psyche makes it straight through. This is weird, because like everybody was, I've already said half the stuff that I do. And I was like, oh, I'll do No, I can't do that. <laughs> I didn't know they saw that yesterday. Uh, they, oh, thanks. I already seen that one. Uh, no, this bit, no, that bit sucked. <laughs> you tried it that one time. That's why you weren't here for 13 years. They wouldn't have you back. Because the joke was that bad. I'm just using, it feels kind of rock star to have one here. Goes with the hat. <laughs> yeah, it's the old rap to the whole thing. The old rap to the whole stalkers. Yeah, I know. I got complimented on my amazing Brett Michaels cosplay yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> In sincerity. I said, oh, you nailed it, man. So, so yeah, it's a onesie. <laughs> got it in the dealer's room, just zips up the back. I'm actually four and a half foot tall Latvian woman in a wheelchair. <laughs> I'm good at cosplay. <laughs> So I do cartoons, and you guys usually know far more of them than I do. <laughs> Although I always get taken, I was on the plane going home and going, oh my god, I totally forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah, I had a party. Um, <laughs> which is what makes my life so awesome. Everything come out all right? <laughs> wash your hands. <laughs> Me, I wash my hands before I go. <laughs> Think about it. I know where I've been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do toilet humor with Scott. <laughs> covered cheeseburgers. Slurpees. We've covered slurpees and the dangers therein. Your lovely Brett Michaels costume. My lovely Brett Michaels costume. <laughs> We've shamed the latecomers. Oh, we haven't shamed the latecomers yet. Shame the latecomers! Shame! Shame! We accept it. You cannot be shamed. Can you? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is it, bitch. <laughs> you missed some really awesome stuff. Well, we're here for you missed him eating a cheeseburger. You missed the food. You missed the naked. You missed all of it. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for coming. You guys have been amazing. Thank you.
You know what? I'm Canadian. You found it cold. Mind you, I live in Vancouver, which is not like the rest of Canada. Yeah. I have palm trees in my yard, man. <laughs> Seriously, and there's one thing that makes Colorado or Denver really similar to BC. Yeah, there is. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just like your opinion, man. Yeah. I love it. There's guys outside selling water for a dollar. Just says, got cotton now? Nice. <laughs> Ew. Mile high, water a dollar. Ew. Dollar. 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 But so huge that you can see the column of smoke rising from City Hall from the Art Gallery downtown. I've seen people walking out of downtown after that afternoon and just stop in the middle of the street. But you know, every 7 Eleven is going, you know what, fuck it, I don't care how old they are, get every fucking bag of Doritos we've got. Every bag, even used bags, don't matter, stand this bag. Doritos tag, today in Doritos day. <laughs> so go to Vancouver on uh, Or just stay in Denver. <laughs> yeah, we have a similar crowd. So nice. The first day I was here, a nice young man came up and asked for to sell me some pots. <laughs> and my kitchen is well appointed, but thank you for it. <laughs> How many voices did you tell him no I try not to in the real world, it scares people. <laughs> Sometimes it scares me. <laughs> My neighbors are very confused by me. I think I told this story yesterday. Yes, you yeah, did, yeah. but it's so I funny. Didn't hear it. Go again. My neighbors think that I'm a drug dealer. <laughs> because I live in a very expensive city and I own a nice house and I have a few nice shiny toys that float around. I keep very strange hours. I don't seem to work any kind of a normal job. <laughs> I look a little peculiar. <laughs> and they hear the weirdest noises coming from my house. <laughs> a ball goes over the fence into old man McNeil's yard. They say, swear to God, man, he eats babies. He's <laughs> coming old man McNeil's yard. It's like that. And I look in the mirror and I go, your kids are watching me on My Little Ponies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then I go, I'm looking in the window, I actually am the creepy old guy. <laughs> so if you have questions, and I beg that you do, otherwise I'm just going to sit here and ramble about cheeseburgers all day. <laughs> or I will cross the beams. Do it, man. you had to cross the beams or else you were fucked. That's true. And I was, but anyway, thank you very much, Flash, pulling a total Marvel comic move in a DC world. You <laughs> saw, he threw me under the bus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Massively. Uh, you mentioned you had a studio in your house. What kind yeah. of stuff do you actually get to record at home, or is it just you're recording yourself for your own amusement? No, I have <laughs> me, I hear me all the time. <laughs> I don't find me that amusing. <laughs> Sometimes I freak me out. Untied <laughs> 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 And we've lost him. Not as many times. Because you have. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
I don't know why that's there. <laughs> it's good. Don't worry. Yeah, we Was it like some sitting. sort of a self-esteem panel? It was that you are beautiful. <laughs> you are worthy. <laughs> you are lovely. <laughs> I love everyone right now. Gosh darn it, people like you. Except we were dead people some acting is done from the comfort of your own home. So I'm not even wearing yeah, that's what you people need. <laughs> you hear the clanking of the ice in your scotch glass. <laughs> but I use mine primarily for auditions. Oh. Like I'm constantly, you know, every day I'll get, you know, it's like, okay, so I'm, I'm recording and sending out a, uh, auditions to wherever people need to hear my stuff. Uh, I will probably convert over to the point where I can actually just do a complete land patch and, you know, if I'm recording something, you know, that's recording in LA, I can record it from my place. <coughs> it's just because we're lazy. Are you gonna miss doing dueling voices with other actors though? When you oh, absolutely. Okay. Like, you know, on pre stuff, I will always, I, I don't care. I would much rather be in the room. Mm. I, as I said, mine is primarily, I mean, it used to be when they were auditioning for a new series. Why, why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> Such a disappointment to me. <laughs> why you no sound better? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was auditioning once for a Jackie Chan video game. Oh god! And they were like, everybody was like, you know, we have to be really sensitive. You know, unless you're, you know, no, no, you know, no anything. It was, and so I'm like, <clears throat> okay, went in and, and did my thing, and I'm like, it just, it sounds, it's, it was awful. It was like, no, this is here, this is, and so I was just, I was like. And I started, you know, you don't listen. He's a bad boy. I don't understand why. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this voice comes in on the other end of the line. <laughs> he sounds exactly like my grandfather. <laughs> 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 I, uh, yeah. 
broke four bones in his foot just doing that. <laughs> and then healed instantly. Um, so, yeah, I used mine for recording. It used to be, you know, new series would come in, you would, they would hold auditions at studios. I still much prefer doing that because then you're working with the casting director, you're working with the director of the show. You get to really, you know, the, the like Beast Wars, the, you know, the characters. I did, that was collaborations of the casting director going, okay, well, you know what, that's really awesome, but like, you know, throw this in and add this. And, but these days, just economically, they just don't want to do it. So the calls go out, and everybody sits in their home studio and like, okay, record. You know, going, I have no idea what you want. Do you feel like more <laughs> things get made because they're saving money on that, or is it just kind of throwaway? No, it's saving money. <laughs> they're being lazy because they don't have to hold casting sessions. They can just sit there going, yeah, yeah, good, good, that, good, 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 that, that. You know, sometimes then they'll go from that and go, we'll have callbacks because you know, we can narrow it down to like four or five people that we like. But I'd like to imagine them listening to it in their car where they're driving home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's when we go and they're screaming. <laughs> but this is one of the reasons that my neighbors think. I mean, plus, I'm just weird anyway. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes the voices are just there whether they're recording or not. <laughs> but it is becoming more and more of a standard. And there are, you know, people that do, you know, guys that, you know, um, I know Dave Kay has like 5,000 studios. Yeah. He's got one in his watch and his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and he made, no, that's, he had his patch in. It was like, you're watching WNBC. Shing, $50,000 falls over the ashtray. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw him once run into a recording studio and go, oh, excuse me, I'm, I'm, I've got to use your, uh, is there an office that I can use? So they go, yeah. He sets in his portable studio. Makes five hundred thousand dollars, sets its own portable studio, and then goes, "Thank you." <laughs> what? <laughs> God bless you, Dave. Uh, so that is what. Yes, and uh, I might as well might as well ask this right now. Oh, oh my God! Do you do you want me right here? I'm not responsible for ninety percent of the stuff that comes out of my mouth. I just want to clear that. So you you to show up in my head. You do. You did some. You did a Koga cosplay once. I did. Mind explaining how that felt? Itchy. <laughs> <laughs> it felt awesome. I told this story yesterday, but MetroCon in Tampa, Florida is kind of my home con. I've done it every year for the last 10 years. <laughs> what? <laughs> Joking on her clerpy again? Oh. <laughs> I missed that con three years ago because my grandpa wasn't back from the Philippines. Oh. Because your family's lost somewhere between in the Philippines, you go. Like, oh. <laughs> I still want to go to MetroCon. MetroCon's an awesome con. I'm not gonna lie. This is also an awesome con. I plan on coming back. Um, but Metro was kind of my home con, so people know me there very well. And it's a big con like this one, and it's it's pretty crazy. So, uh, friends of mine from Boston made me a coconut outfit. So they come down and we're like, and. I have a tough time getting from A to B at Metro because I know everybody and everyone's, you know, always I'm stopping and talking and doing my, you know, my handler's going, they're my liaison's like, what? Shiny boobies. Shiny squirrel. So we're going, this is going to be a nightmare. How am I going to get from the hotel, through the hotel, through the convention center to where I'm supposed to be with my panel? Going, they had people dressed as me. Decoy, <laughs> which has worked in the past. I've seen people chase a cowboy hat down a hallway. <laughs> so, and, you know, and I've shown up there in a baseball cap and a ponytail just getting off the plane, and, you know, people are scared. So we go, oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> get out of the elevator. I start walking. Hi! Hi! <laughs> 
and start walking. <laughs> I start walking. And so the people that were in the mirrors are going, no, 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 no. People are coming up, looking me right in the eyes, going like, that's a decent cosplay, bro. <laughs> <laughs> kind of screwed up the leg part. No, I'm just like, and I keep walking and people are coming up and you know, scanning us like, I'm going like, I, I, I spent an hour signing your boob yesterday. We know each other. <laughs> you know, I was assimilated into the Borg. <laughs> I became part of the hive. Oh, and I really did, it was so bizarre. And then, just coming into the panel, I screamed out Kagome at the top of my lungs and ran on all fours, and then it kind of, oh, all, you know, pandemonium broke. Because <laughs> I realized I was jumping onto the stage in a very short skirt. <laughs> it was a high stage. I mean, uh, being a Scotsman, there's only one way to wear a kill hot. Old joke. What's worn under a Scotsman's belt? Uh, nothing lasts. It's all in perfect working order. <laughs> Welcome to inappropriate jokes with Scotsman. <laughs> there's a small person out there. You just heard them. You just heard the small person. Do not say things around the small person. So I'm hanging my head in shame. Did you ask me a question? Oh, yes, I did. How was the cosplay? Oh, okay. The cosplay was awesome, actually. It was really cool. And also, another and weird question to ask is, uh, you know TJ Omega, right? Yes. Uh, awesome reviewer, obviously. Yes, TJ's a good man. That's all I need to say. TJ Omega's awesome. Yeah, he is. He is. He's like my favorite guy. Every time I come home from Metro, I'm like, now I get to see what I did. stuff. <laughs> yes. Me? Yes. Yay. Oh, by the way, we're saying names so that I know. So we could, uh, Eric? I remember. I remember. I remember. I remember the name. Anthony. Anthony. This is Eric. Eric. This is Anthony. Anthony. Turn to your right. Introduce yourself. Pardon? Mikhail. Mikhail. I should have known, but you're wearing different hair. I am. See, I noticed. See, faces. I don't have my wig. Mikhail, this is Anthony and Eric, and we're gonna. Everybody is gonna be. When we go, by the time we get that Slurpee, that giant five-gallon Slurpee. We should just get him to fill the pool with Slurpee. Yeah. Look at Demented right now. Can we ride in there on the automated? <laughs> going down the street. USA! Um, just do it! <laughs> Hi. Hi! So I'm, I'm really nervous, so I'll try to talk clearly. And That's the weirdest name ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really nervous! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My name's Chandler. Hi, Chandler. Hi, Hi Chandler. Hi, Chandler. Hi. This is Eric, Mikhail, and Anthony, and this is Chandler. I have, to, I have to tell my friend that Scott McNeil said my name, so that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my phone just died, so I have to Say remember my. <laughs> The ting tings, really? You sing so, the ting tings, Adam? So, I remember hearing you tell a story off of a YouTube video about someone in a, at a convention in the South licking your face that one time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you probably all know that story, and I've told it so many times. Well, apparently, I just found out this weekend that that was not in the Deep South. That in fact it was in the Mile High City. <laughs> so I have spent this entire weekend terrified that I'm going to run into one very angry person going. So if you happen to be there, please don't kill me. But <laughs> I like being licked. 
Yeah, I heard that. Apparently, the rumor was that that's why I had not been here in 13 years, which I will put to rest right now. <laughs> and I didn't even know. I'm just going. I know it was somewhere, and I know I got <laughs> most of my face surgically removed <laughs> in order to just cleanse. So that person's here. I feel, like I feel like everyone's judging me because I asked that question that they think I'm the one. Wait! No. Wait! <laughs> I'm so kidding. I'm so kidding. I'm so kidding. I'm so kidding. We go to a shrine now. But no, my question was since then, has there been any other thing that's happened to you? Oh, all sorts of weird stuff. <laughs> well, nothing ever pops into my mind until I'm on the plane on the way home. I'm like, oh my god, that's a good bit. Should have done that. I get so much weird and awesome and wonderful stuff all the time. Just <laughs> broke your head off. We <laughs> broke her head off. <laughs> I'm on the way. If we have to get the EMTs in here, then I have succeeded. Because the last time I was in Denver, we had to get the EMTs in. For somebody that fainted in my arms. It was really weird. It was really. I did. Because this was when Gundam was really huge, and you know, it was like, oh, you're Duo Maxwell. You are Duo Maxwell. And by the way, could I just say that it's refreshing to see someone of the masculine clan dressed as one of my characters? I see girls cosplay me. It gets weird. But I was talking to this beautiful, 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 wonderful young person, and we were having this great conversation. She was so excited. She was so excited, and I was hugging her. And, and she had this beautiful smile on her face, and then I uh, suddenly went, there's nobody in there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so I took her down to the EMTs and had them come, and it was like, it was like oh my god, wow, what, what has happened? Um, so took her down, and you know, they, so I went, okay, I had to go do a panel and stuff. So I went back about an hour later, because I went, I want to see how she's doing. And so I open up the door. The EMTs here still hate me for this. <laughs> and then you understand, this was way back when Gundam was really like yeah. the yeah. big thing. I open up the door, stick my head in to see how she's doing. She's sitting up. She's all wired up to everything. She went. <laughs> <laughs> and they just went, Scott, get out. <laughs> I just want to get out. Well, we've never seen that. She like practically redlined. <laughs> I was kind of hoping she'd be here. Oh, by the way, I don't often get, and I'm horrible with you know returning anything. But I was cleaning up my office and I found a letter addressed to me from Chris Klein, who lives in Aurora, Colorado. And I think it's you know here's some stuff. Could you sign it and send it to me? And I thought, wait a minute. I'm going to Colorado. I'll just bring it with me. So if anyone knows Chris Klein, who wrote me a letter in, okay, June 2015, that's not bad. <laughs> I thought, dude, if he's, you know, if he's interested enough to write, he's probably come to the con. Who wants his money? <laughs> oh, it was a puppy. 
<laughs> so I totally forgot, and I went, I need, I'd stick that in your little man bag when you head down there. Just just so that it would be the moment of being the coolest guy ever, and have somebody go, I wrote you a letter once, and you never returned my money. Ah, Chris Gillard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll this personally. <laughs> so put it out there. Just Another flat say. line. <laughs> Another red line. Just say. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Super Saiyan. Not down now! <laughs> it's too late. Okay, I'm using microphone. <laughs> <laughs> the scary thing is I can't see the... <laughs> it's the little girl that lives in the wall. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, I just got out of the way. Just make sure that's a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> There's no purple on it. Piccolo did. Hey, you did that one yesterday. Piccolo, awful movie. Dragon Ball Evolution. Green can spray paint. Vin Diesel. Done. Greatest summary of yesterday. Yeah, eventually the jokes get faster and faster. We'll just skip to punchlines. <laughs> My old fart friends and I back home will do that. It's just like, oh, number 27C. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta know how to tell them. <laughs> so what was it like arguing with yourself in this voice? Uh, that's what happens in my head. Insolent <laughs> <laughs> fan. What more? Yeah, what are you gonna do about that dino boob? <laughs> or should I say, I know, I know, shut up, friendship. You shut it deep, and on and on. Oh, oh, rise beneath your dear friend. Thank you, so rise beneath your head. Rise beneath your head and turn back your stairs. And Silver Bolt, and that's just kind of what it's like inside my head. <laughs> the other actors were like, oh, let's go, let's go to the sea. We're going to go get coffee. We're so excited. That must have also been how Mega Man worked, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, most of the shows, most of the previous shows that I do are. Uh, schizophrenic, too. <laughs> <laughs> Which is often how even my loving family describes me. I can't not picture Gary Chop going to a cold Hi! Hi! There's one storm in the castle. <laughs> <laughs> Bye now! <laughs> <laughs> now how's the world going? <laughs> to where I found you, unemployed in Greenland. <laughs> and if you've never seen The Princess Bride, leave here right now. Go rent it, watch it, Netflix it, whatever, because it's the greatest movie ever. And buy it if, if you like and it. Yes. And it's really hard to find to buy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I see it on the are you kidding me? We just got started. <laughs> Screw that. Lock the doors. <laughs> Lock the door. Nobody gets in. Human barricade. There's more of us than there are of them. <laughs> Pardon me? Oh, totally. We got this. This room is ours. Yeah! Um, 
I will accelerate the process here. Sorry, I didn't realize time has just gone zingy by. Um, so I will try to sort of semi-lightning round it. So the questions will be very quick. You know what's a really good way to get yourself noticed? <laughs> have nine friends all going. <laughs> <laughs> or have huge weapons or hold money. No, or food. No. Yes. Um, could you sign something for me? I know you said you would. Oh, I will. Absolutely. When this is done, we'll right. go and outside just because if they need to get in here and, and do okay. stuff, and I will sign anything you've got, as long as it's not a death note. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's not going to be a hairy man. <laughs> it is a hairy man, Burbank. I have it in his bag. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm creepy? Yes. yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll sign whatever you want to uh, with the, I'm gonna get to every hand that's up. Promise, I promise, I promise. Uh, just because I'm gonna play this game, and I'm gonna look directly at you, then say yes. The young lady in the pink, directly behind you. Okay. okay um, have you ever played World of Warcraft? <laughs> 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 that's a question you don't ask him. <laughs> I didn't know either. About probably still three to four to five hours a day since vanilla. Really? Yep. I kid you yeah. not. Really? If you ever happen to be on Draenor server and you run across a warlock, uh, a troll warlock named Chu. Chu? Is that spell really? it? C H O L. Because <laughs> my pandaren monk was named Achu. <laughs> <laughs> And then I finally, I was sitting a tree getting so just doing random stuff on the Timeless Isle, and then I just saw this this warlock whose Void Lord was the best tank in the world. And I went, I want one. So I rolled up a lock, and I've been having tons of fun with him ever since. So this, you can imagine what a spaz I was when I booked Duratan. Like, it was, it was a logistical nightmare, because it was LA and SAG, and I'm up in Canada, and I was, I was just going, to my agent going, this happens. She's like, dude, it's just a gig. It's like, no, it just happens. We make this work. The first recording sessions we were doing down there for for Dirt Tank, and there, Blizzard is so much fun to work for. Um, you know, so they had, you know, the, the guy that was playing um, uh, 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 Gnar, my brother. So we kind of rehearsed some stuff and improv some stuff, and then we were recording, and they, they were just reading through all the cinematic stuff. They brought in a couple of other actors to, you know, just read some of the other characters. And so we're doing the thing, you know, we're all like, you know, talking in orc tones that nobody but like whales can hear. <laughs> Which, unfortunately, I can't do today for some reason. <laughs> last night, it was awesome. Um, and then, you know, one of the other guys pops up and says something, I'm just like, you can have spell screen. <laughs> so they have to stop recording because I'm on the floor. <laughs> Fanboying like a crazy person. <laughs> I did so, the same thing. Yeah. I was working my book. I know. And then he was just a guy they brought in to read some of the other stuff. I can't remember his name. It's Jason. Patrick Sykes. Pa yeah, Patrick. He was an oh, awesome dude. He's been here the last four years. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I love that man. It was just like, and then we're doing reading other stuff, and all of a sudden he's doing this human, but I'm like, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I have run the culling of Strathholm, I hear your voice. I hate you so much. I hate you so much. <laughs> so I was, I was, it was useless. And you know, this is me, 28-year veteran professional voice actor. <gasps> I'm like, and then I go through the gates, so I got pictures of me in the statue. I'm like, <laughs> I'm such a spaz. Although, you know what? Uh, I'll be glad when Legion comes out. Because there wasn't a lot to Warlords. I hate to say this, but like I was done it in three weeks. I'd done everything. I ended up collecting pets. Don't get me started about shipyards. <laughs> 
Uh, yes, so I have played the occasional Downey with C2 Warrior. For the Horde. For the Horde! For the Horde! still start a new organ because I love their starting area. And they're yeah. organs. I'm a lycanthrope. I can't not like organ. Yes. Uh, yes. On that stage. Yes. Um, she asked the first question I was going to ask. So, oh, for uh, God's <laughs> sake. Um, anyways. Um, <laughs> brain fart. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, told, you look like Brett Michaels all the time. Has anybody ever told you that you look like Toby Stamet in bed? What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. Oh. Pardon me? He's the uh, singer for Ed Guy. Oh, okay. I've not got that. I've got weird ones. I got Brett Michaels, I got Shawn Michaels, I got Ted Nugent a lot in the South. Oh, yeah. I can see Ted Nugent. Which is weird because it's the South and Ted's from Detroit. But, uh, Kid Rock. I get that a lot from like annoying drunk businessmen just before I pound them through the elevator wall for staring at 14 year old girls. You pound them? Hey, Kid Rock, hey, Kid Rock, hey, you're Kid Rock, hey, Kid Rock, how's it going, Kid Rock? I'm like... <laughs> that shit wasn't funny the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care where you are, this is my business conference, you're on. If I catch you staring at these girls again, I want to tear you a new asshole. <laughs> <laughs> nice meeting you, though, you want a picture? <laughs> Get to the exterminate. I got, oh, who did I get? Uh, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> When I started doing cartoons, we recorded at Little Mountain Sound in Vancouver. This was in the late 80s. So every single sort of hard rock pop album that was recorded then was recorded because Bob Rock was the producer. So my very first day ever in a recording studio working as a voice actor, I opened the door. I was super excited. I slammed right into Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. Nice. Knocked him on his ass. And he's tiny. And I said, by the way, you sucked in 77 when I saw you. So I used to jam with Poison. And I'm going to just put on a limb here that... Um, Brett Michaels had short hair at the time when I met him 28 years ago, so he's oh. still, he was still oh. crop. <laughs> I get it. Somebody came up and said, there's, there's Brett Michaels cosplayers, and I'm going, I get it. The burger. It was the burger. <laughs> you told it not to go away. It's never going to go away. <laughs> you reach in that big yellow bag like four years from now when you find it in the gloves, it's like, oh, yeah, that burger's still pretty good. <laughs> I want it. Oh! <laughs> That's up there with the, will you sign my regurgitated? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as soon as I get my special. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I use my boots on the pen Hi, Allie. Hi. This is my friend, Allie. Hi. Hey, you want to brought me to Deep Bubber so I did not die. No, I'm sorry. Yes. No, you saved my life. You truly saved my life. I have more snacks. <gasps> Say there, little red rat. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, 
going to be stuck in my head for hours oh, now. God. Thanks. <laughs> Welcome to Sharing Brainworms 101. It's to get this stuff out of my head and into yours. <laughs> because my head's going to explode. This makes way too much sense now. Yes, now you understand. Welcome to my world. Now is not the time to get into giggles. <laughs> Too late. Ten minutes, Ariane. Uh, we have ten minutes left. Oh, Keith. Not helpful. Why is the clock going backwards? <laughs> <laughs> it's metric time. <laughs> I've had people in the deep south convinced. Oh, nice. Talking about the metric system, and it's kind of casual with your hands. But yeah, you know, you get used to it, and it's just blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I mean, the only thing weird is, you know, the metric time's a little weird, like the 10-hour day, the 100-minute. They're like, <laughs> and it's like, moving on to another topic of conversation. They're like, well, I swear to God, man, they made me tell me that. <laughs> like, just the weirdest thing is, like, noon being five. <coughs> Should we come back to you? Because I'm magic. Oh, okay. Did you have more snacks? So when we really do lock the doors, this is our survival food. <laughs> before cannibalism ensues. Oh. And it will. I'll be getting out of here before I'm cannibalism I'm out here shopping ensues. as we speak. <laughs> uh, yes. Do you have a favorite Gundam? Do I have a favorite Gundam? This is like, do you play World of Warcraft? <laughs> <laughs> and I say this only because, and you know, people come up and we've got them waiting and say, I don't care who your favorite pilot is. <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't matter. Death Side is the best Gundam. <laughs> There's no getting away from it. I mean, if I was never involved in the show, I would have looked at that and gone, dude, that's badass. Somebody made me. Somebody, somebody made water. In my Sharpie collection. Nice! Silver Sharpie. I cannot remember your name, my friend. You guys have made it this in Houston, and then they were going to make me a big side, and I went, you know, it'd be really cool, and like an hour later. Wow. Damn. It was a beautifully executed thing. I'm like, so it's my favorite Sharpie. Just like them, and it's, 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 I, there's no answering that question. You know damn well which the coolest one is. <laughs> yeah, it's happy on. Everyone say, I like comers. I like comers. Although some people come later than others. Oh, so wish this was an over 18. Thank you. I used to do them. Well, no, no, I do them. I have to. Nothing more fun than being incredibly filthy and a really vile in Martin Bear's voice. I feel so cleansed afterwards. I try to keep it. I'm getting bad now. Slip out the occasional bomb oh, in a room and go. <laughs> so, yes. We kind of mentioned this yesterday when we were talking about doing this world with like rolls and ties. But yeah. are there any other times where you've gotten like a roll that you used to do back in the day and you're like, oh, 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 oh. Well, yeah. I mean, it's always fun to go back and do something like, especially after you know, like uh, when they did uh, was it Dynasty Warriors, a uh, game, and I got to be duo again. I got to do a. Do-over. <laughs> uh, 
you feel better? Need some oxygen? <laughs> Need some oxygen? <laughs> He's not getting it here. <laughs> Deserve box. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Gonna be here all week. Don't forget to try the shrimp. Oh. <laughs> I know it's Sunday when my jokes get that. That's what we refer to as engineer jokes. Oh, my dad says those jokes. <laughs> you did probably pretty funny, dude. <laughs> um. So did I answer? Oh, okay, cool. What was I talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, so, you know, every now and then that does get to come back, and you're like, yay! I get to relive my youth! <laughs> I mean, some things just never go away. Oh, my God. You know, I mean, He-Man, you know, in the span of how many years I've, you know, Barbie movie, it's a, you, know, you know, Care Bears from to... to Strawberry shortcake. <laughs> strawberry shortcake. <laughs> <laughs> I like being in strawberries. It's funny how, like, they just did something right with Onis. Because, you know, we did remounts of all these shows that were aimed at, like, six, seven, and eight-year-old girls. You know, and our strawberry shortcake is, you know, we make you believe. <laughs> and then somehow Ponies just took off. Just say, shut up! Six thousand to the test! I could not say that on the day. So, yes, and yes, and hi. Hi, young man. Is that um, what you're, you're dressed as what girl? You have very pretty hair. Stand up. This is an awesome duo, Maxwell. Is that really your hair? That really is my hair. You win. Let's get the picture then, guys. Time for attitude now. <laughs> so my last name can be mispronounced in so many ways. I want to see you try. Oh, oh, you want a professional to mispronounce your name? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it for Maxwell himself too. Just for just for fun. It's please. not like Quetzalcoatl or anything weird like that, is it? It's Hopi tribe. Okay. Oh. Wow. Well, if I go phonetically, <laughs> it would be something unknown. I'm destroy this. Oh, this is not like Welsh, which is a made-up language made entirely of vowel or consonants. <laughs> Nova Kuku? No, oh, that's how it's written. Give me a break. K-U-K-U. <laughs> so, give me an education in Hopi. Novakaku. Novakaku. It means no foot. Really? Yeah. yeah. No foot. No foot. Or no foot. It's like, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I got those. Oh, jeez. Again, pronounce it. Novakaku. Novakaku. <laughs> now I know, and you're right, I completely and utterly butchered it. <laughs> I live on the west coast of Canada, and that's all Coast Salish and Haida, and they've started renaming a lot of, you know, putting the original, the proper names for locations and stuff there. But the language baffles me, and I have native blood, and I should know, but because there's sevens in it, that, and other, I was like, how do you pronounce the seven? I don't know. <laughs> but apparently, you know, Squamish is not called Squamish. It's and I'm going, you had to, there's asterisks and shit and upside down letters on my, so, you know, this is cake now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool name. Zachary, see, I pronounced it right. <laughs>
You just made some bronies day. <laughs> I just made myself blush. EMT right here. Wow. Very sorry to anyone that had to see that. Well, they missed the nudity. It's like, no, dude, I was just on the sidewalk. All right, I will have to accelerate now, yes? Five minutes? Who has a question? That's it? I mean, I don't mean to say that, but so everyone that has a question, that there's anything that you want to say or do in this room, put your hand up now. <laughs> you know, if you two can't share, I will turn this room around right now. Keep your hand up. No other hands go up, no hands come down until you have a question. We're going to go into what I call lightning round. We're going to ask very quick questions, and we're going to have very fast answers. Starting with you, yes. And, sorry. <laughs> you absolutely can. The answer is always yes, unless it's Stefano or Harry Mandel. <laughs> So, found out that you uh, had a friend of mine as a liaison ten years, at a a year, 10 years ago at Akon, and I wanted to show you the picture she sent me of you. Oh. <laughs> I had no hair. Beard, I had, no hair. I had Guy Fieri hair. White, blonde, and spiked. Because I posted the pictures from yesterday. And she oh goes, my God. I was his liaison ten years ago at Akon. That's oh, bizarre. wow. Dora, say hi. I will. Give her a hug back. Yes. Okay, so. Do you have an unpronounceable last name? Oh, uh, Ariaga. Have you guys met? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, if you got married, the hyphenated version would be ridiculous. <laughs> no, my question is about um, how Inuyasha was recorded. The original first season, yeah. first series was over 10 years ago. And, like,. The new one. Like, how hard was it going back into the character of the Easy program? Easy <laughs> really? It's what we do. Honestly, it's what, you know, I'm, I'm a polyphonic prostitute. I get paid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty good at it. And then I had another question, which was um, about how many conventions do you attend a year? In On paper, officially, I do one, which is Metro. Because I can't be away from work. My agent right now has got a contract out of my head. Because I lose a ton of money if I'm not available, like, the Friday, the Monday. I make a pretty good living, and I lose a lot of it by doing cons, but I love doing cons so much when I go to one, and then people start asking, it's like, can you come to this? It's like, and I say yes, and then my agent goes, I hate you, you're an idiot, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. <laughs> and I go, yes, here's some more. It's just, anyway, so this year I did it, like, I, this is my fifth in a row. Wow. With one week off, I did, uh, well, I did Tampa, then I did Memphis, and Nashville, then Columbus, then Houston last weekend, then this, and then... On the seventh day, I rest. <laughs> and this is it until February. So I don't do a lot, and this is why I haven't been, back, but I just went, you know what, I gotta go back to Denver. Because yes. <laughs> I talk all the time about Denver. I do, when I talk about cities that I really like in North America, and Denver's always, and I go to Denver because the people there are freaking awesome. That's not just sucking up. Uh, let me see, you are the lone representative of Team Stage right. Stage right. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna okay. wean out. We're gonna do some culling over here on team. Those rocking. You guys like the team. What? 
Just currently, Lady Parsley, yes. <laughs> There's at least one on you. There was like a kid on that. Yeah, I know. That's why I can't do that. Just random movie lines with random. If you have like a favorite line from like Star Wars or something, then do one of your favorite like voices that you like to do. No, it's cheating. I know the whole script. <laughs> He's really got to think of a good one. No, I'm just trying to think of one that isn't going to like make people's ears melt from... <laughs> Because, you know, I like to do the opening sequence from Pulp Fiction as Grumpy Bear. Yeah. <laughs> yes. One more, you mother... It's moving. I'm going to have to execute every last... It's just funny you're at over 18. Okay. <laughs> Next year at an 18 plus panel. Request and I will do. <laughs> it's just so weird. I am your father, Luke. <laughs> Sometimes a man will promise things. All the men in the audience agree with you, Scott. You know how bad I am at this. Remembered my name. You know. I knew that. Hi, Christian. This is Eric, Anthony, Mikhail, Sally. Everyone is awesome. I'm Scott. single or a double? I'm like, you know, where I come from. It's like, well, make it a double, because a single's just a little wet spot. Challenge <laughs> 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 <Church> accepted. <laughs> uh, yes. Everyone does that. Me? And then you go, yeah, you. And they go, me? And I go, yeah, you. <laughs> she just gave you an idea with the uh, memory thing. Uh oh Okay, so let's see how good the student students uh, you remember really well. Turn off the fucking hand. Do that you. in 2002. <laughs> <laughs> we were never going to talk of the Turkish prison again. <laughs> and uh, I came downstairs very early in the morning on Saturday, and you actually remember the name from the night before. You had me take a picture of a girl who had a huge red mushroom style hat. Do you remember my name? <laughs> <laughs> I have to check my own name tag. <laughs> Do you know Christian? <laughs> Christian, why don't you introduce yourself? <laughs> and you can introduce yourself to Christian. How many times have you looked at him when my name is Tot? Wait, what? Yeah. I'm amazed how many people I ask their name and they go, um, what? <laughs> what? Okay. That was the it for Tina. And I know. Supposed to keep your hand up. <laughs> this is the final countdown. Yeah, I did that. The final countdown. 
everybody knows that little clip. There are certain things like, in, you know, Sweet Caroline. Boom, boom, boom. Sweet Caroline. <laughs> Just a small town girl. Okay, I am not going there. So. Hi, John. Everybody turn and look at John because this is the last question, John. I hope this is good. You made me curious. What's the maximum amount of hair on a man who will sign? Find the loophole, and it just ain't gonna work. There's no finite, you know, everybody has their price. No, it's like, well, anything under 327 hairs per square inch. No, I ain't sending no man. I sent a dude back once, and it was gross. Hair plus man plus boob equals no. Yeah, no. And, hair plus, and the only reason, like, ew, men are gross. It's all sweaty and nasty, and, but it was actually for, he had a huge Gundam Wing or a Death Scythe oh. back piece, and it's the only time I've ever said, yeah, I'll sign it and you can tattoo it in. Yes. I did have one gal. Oh. I signed my name quite large. <laughs> because if you are signing a breast, you want to make sure that you've taken the time to do it properly. Oh. <laughs> and then it was like a year later, and her friends came in and said, Do you remember our friend, um, Rebecca? Like, I'm horrible with names. You signed her bed. <laughs> and they didn't actually sound like little guys. <laughs> but I'm like, uh, and suddenly my spider senses started, I'm going, please tell me you're not going to tell me what I think you're going to tell me. You're going to tell me, you're going to show me a picture, and she was like, ah! <laughs> Ooh, yeah, bad life choices there. <laughs> bad life choice. But thank you for letting me finish off by talking about boobs. Yes! Welcome to Team Burgers and Boobs. You guys are so awesome. I'm going to stay here and do this like, forever and forever and forever. Seriously, might just go to 7-Eleven and get a big Slurpee. And anyone wants to come, I will buy you a Slurpee. I'm coming. Uh, you guys rock. I will come out. We will sign. We will do stuff. We will hang just outside the door just because they got to get people in here. Thank you, guys. You guys rock! <laughs> My name is Thomas A. Fowler. I'm a broadcast and digital producer in advertising by day, writer of commercial mainstream and science fiction by night. I've uh, got one and a half independent films under my name. Uh, the one that we completed is available on, on IMDb. It's uh, called The Code, Legend of the Gamers. I've got a couple short stories uh, published and um, shop on my first novel while I write more. Um, my blog and website's all focused on marketing for writers. I'm actually going to be doing a specialty conference on November 14th. And I'll actually be giving away an hour free of one-on-one uh, -on -one consultation. So if you want to talk Google AdWords, brand establishment, anything like that, I'll be giving that away for free as well as doing a presentation. So if anybody wants info on that, I've got some uh, little handouts you can take with you. Um, so that's me. So no paper flyers on cars? That's not good marketing? No, that's not good marketing. <laughs> so. I think that went out in the 80s. Yeah. Consumer <laughs> <laughs> satisfaction though, a pretty low rate on that one. <laughs> All right. All right, so I'm Stephanie Slater. I'm a cognitive scientist, and I'm the director for the Center for Astronomy and Physics Education Research. And primarily, I study the way people engage with science, the way they learn science, the way they become scientists. But it turns out that a whole lot of that uh, business of studying how people develop an identity really plays into the science fiction and the fantasy world as well. So I've spent a lot of the last five years studying uh, the fandom. I'm Mike Clark, avid gamer and uh, independent game developer. 
Um, I've been working on a game for a couple of years now. Uh, haven't finished it yet. It's taking a long time. I'm the only person working on it, so it's taking a very long time. Um, pretty much. <laughs> um, I've been uh, a fan of Marvel and DC since I was, you know, very tiny. So I've read quite a bit, and I love the movies, even though they never follow anything. <laughs> you look at the comics, you look at the movies, they're completely different. Uh, I'm also very avid in anime and tabletop gaming and everything else, so we'll have some fun. Uh, I, my name is Jason Evans. I'm an educator and a writer. I'm also the editor-in-chief of an online magazine called Mangazine. It's a portal for all things manly sense, the pornography, so don't come for that. Uh, <laughs> I've kind of... Uh, kind of been in the writing game for about a year, year and a half now, and uh, I too have, I too grew up with comic books. Uh, I read my first comic book, I think it was Daredevil 98, in like 1984, and it blew my mind, and I got sucked in ever since, so I'm excited to be here, but I'm intimidated by the PhD over here, so I, I just have a lonely <laughs> master's degree, no, sorry. No, no, I'm a... <laughs> I'm afraid you guys are going to start throwing out references to obscure Silver Age comics that I don't know, and I'm just going to sit here and smile a lot. And, and whatever you say in my detective stories, whatever you say anything, I'm going to reply to The original Batman series, detective stories? I'm just going to sit here and smile. Alright, so Marvel, DC, who's better? Marvel. Well, that's Marvel. Marvel. That, wow. We can all go to the bio. Depends on the character. I think it really depends on the character myself. Because, I mean, once you actually start, you know, looking at different characters from both universes, some have this better than others, and some have this better than others. So it all depends on what you're looking at. I, I don't want to say which one is better. I'll yeah. say if I was a writer, I would much rather write Marvel because it seems like there are more options story-wise. So much of what DC does, their characters are almost 80, 85 years old. And so there's this, there's this kind of Greek mythology built around them, right? Like Superman doesn't do this and Batman won't do that. And you know what I mean? And Wonder Woman would never do this. And, and I think there's more flexibility storytelling-wise with Marvel characters, in my okay. own opinion. So I was flippant, but I like Marvel uh, better, mostly because the, the that world is more coherent. So there's more ways to move players around if you're a writer. But I also just think that it's more socially relevant. It's always been that way. It was designed to be that way. And I like DC. They're demigods. I think that's those are really interesting. It's, it's, it's like Star Trek versus Star Wars, right? And I just prefer Star Trek. There's Star Wars is a great thing, but it's mythology. It's not really sci-fi. And Star Trek is really sci-fi. It's really about social issues and how humans <coughs> deal with complex social problems. And so I just think that the Marvel characters are cooler and they mean more to me. I've always skewed Marvel. Yeah, because... Um, <laughs> I started reading comics when um, they split the teams in the gold and blue, which was such a fun time for me. I don't know, because it was really cool. I think it kind of started the systemic problem of the X-Men splitting it up into way too many different, you know, like branches of astonishing ultimate, you know, X. 
Oh, yeah. Spider-Man 2. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then, you know, the X-Men animated series came out, and that's when I just was a total X-Men nerd. Um, So let's just gauge the room. How many people are Marvel? DC? Hold on, didn't you just vote twice? (laughs) Yes, I did. Yeah. That's why I didn't raise my hand. Between, uh, if I had to choose the character that I wanted to be, it'd be She Hulk, it wouldn't be Wonder Woman. Ooh, mm. nice. Yeah. Very nice. Nice. You gotta love a woman who uh, refuses to not be green. Could change back if she wanted to, but refuses to uh, capitulate to what other people expect of her. I just like She Hulk. <laughs> well, and the fact that she's still practicing lawyer. Yep. Yep. And Social justice, always right. fighting for the, the underdog and fighting against the bad guys, and she you does know, it while I, she's green. So not, not to not to burnish my credentials with you, but I have both <laughs> She-Hulk number ones. And on the second one, she's holding the first one and says, if you don't buy my comic book, uh-huh. I'm going to come to your house and tear up all your X-Men. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's my girl. I remember that one. Great. <laughs> I never actually got a copy of that one, but I do remember that one. I have both of them in a box somewhere. You have them, or you so have your X Men are safe. Yes, yeah, so, well, my X Men are on top of it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well, mm, freezing. And I bet everybody's happy. Oh yes. <laughs> okay, for all you Marvel fans out there, there's a very obscure hero out there called Darkhawk. Anybody remember him? Goddamn right I do. He's right up there with Rom. No, he's not. Wow. I mean, I guess they're basically both robots, but yeah. I'm sorry. I I just had a flashback to 83. I'm sorry. As in in era. I had every single Darkhawk. Darkhawk was 90s. That was them trying to do another Spider-Man. Another teen hero. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've just alienated two-thirds of the audience, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, I'm still here. Yeah. We really didn't foul. Okay, well, no, no, no. Yeah. All right, so, I mean, looking at, like, the actual cinematic universes, because, I mean, that's sort of a little bit of the focus of the panel, too, is that DC is obviously going for the darker tone. Is it something that we enjoy, or are we enjoying Marvel's brighter tone? How are we feeling? kind of depends on how you look at the brighter tone of Marvel. Yeah. Have you seen Age of Ultron, uh, Age of Ultron yet? <laughs> so it's I, got a pretty dark tone to it. So I, I have to say, I really enjoy the pithy lightness of Marvel. I don't have a problem with with doing dark superhero movies. I actually like really want to see that. But my biggest fear is that let, let's be honest, Warner Brothers has owned DC what since the early eighties, and oh, yeah. other than doing an occasional Batman or Superman movie. It never occurred to them until, uh, until what, 97, 98 or something, that they could do something other than Batman and Superman. So my fear is that someone at, at DC, I can just see it now, there's this, there's this lovely ebony wood table, and there's this old guy with an $800 suit on, smoking a $100 cigar, banging his hand, like, we're missing out all the money, we're missing out all the money, and then they greenlight all these movies. Right, so my, my fear is they're going to be rushed. They're not going to take the time to, to do character development, right? Uh, and, and so that's just my fear. Now, some of, in spite of that, they've made some interesting choices. I love The Rock playing um, Black not, Adam. Yeah, Black mm-hmm. Adam. 
I'll I'll go just to see him play Black Adam, right? I don't. I mean, they could they could have um, Lady Gaga play Shazam. I don't care. I don't I'd care. see that. <laughs> I'd see that. I, I, I just, <laughs> right? I don't. I don't care. I want to see. I want to. I want to see that. Right? And and you know, I'll, I'll you know I'll go to a comic book movie because that's my that's my thing, man. That's my bag, baby. But um, I'm just really afraid. Like I'm scared to death of Batman versus Superman. I want that to be good so bad, and I think it will be. But there's, it is so easy for them to screw that up. So Are you easy. just going to try to cram too much story into like one narrative? I'm afraid they won't get the tone right. I'm afraid that there'll be too much product placement, right? Or placement. Like the, one of the problems with Age of Ultron is like we're trying to cram all these other story stuff for other films, yeah. right? And they'll do it in a slipshod way. The only reason why Marvel. <coughs> is the way it is, is because Kevin Feige screwed up Spider-Man 3. And he's like, I have learned my lesson, mea culpa, mea culpa, and I will never do that again. There's nobody at Warner Brothers, I think, who's who's the mastermind behind all that. Like, it took balls to, excuse my language for the children, it took intestinal fortitude for, for, for Kevin Feige to, to sit the director of Ant-Man down, the guy who did uh, Shaun of the Dead, and say, you're fired? That took testicular fortitude. But he did it for the story, man. So that, that's, I, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just afraid that, they're, that Warner Brothers is filled with, with just people with bad intentions, that's all. Too many coaching to me? No, just people who don't care. People who don't care about the character or the story. People who just want to make a buck. And I'm a capitalist. I, you know, I want to make a buck too. But, but there's a way to do it and honor the characters, right? So that's my fear. I've always found that DC does really well with the TV series and yes. not very well with the movies. So I, th I think like that you were asking about the darkness of it to get back to your question. I think. Mm -hmm that uh, what you've seen in comics always is a reflection of us, right? And I personally think Marvel does that better than DC, but that's besides the point. Um, so I can see where that darkness is coming from, but I think they, it's, it feels a little forced to me. And I also think that they have biffed this situation with Wonder Woman up so bad that I do not see how they can avoid choking. I, they are going to choke. There's no question in my mind. Yeah, how so? Do you mean casting, or do you mean the way the fact that they're putting her into Batman versus Superman, and she's going to come after the fact? Like, how so? Well, I was even reading an interview today where they were saying, "Oh, it's not just going to be a cameo; it's going to be a substantive part." And I'm like, "Really? So, how many of these scripts have you written?" You know, <laughs> and that's that's part of the problem with Warner is instead of having a team write a script like like they're doing with the Marvel Universe, they've got five different people writing scripts, and they say, "Okay, go." We'll pick the best rooms. one. In different rooms, pick the best one. I don't think that's any way to get a strong story written. There's too much performance anxiety there. And I think they, they've, there's no way. What could they do with Wonder Woman that will all say, yes, well done? Well, there's no I, way. And can I also add, they don't love the characters. I mean, they were going to yeah. do a Superman movie with... Uh, uh, Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I heard about that. <laughs> Actually, did you see the documentary about it? Actually, I just saw it in a uh, casting errors compilation. I feel like a lot of this, this let's go even darker, really is, we've done Batman how many times now, right? And let's do it one more time. 
Let's do a little bit darker. And I think, uh, give me a break. There, and I, I love the idea of Momoa as Aquaman. I love, yes. I yeah. love See, taking Aquaman back. See, that, that's, what gives, that's what makes it frustrating, because I can't write it off. But I'm like, that's a great, that casting took testicular That, that <laughs> casting right? is amazing. But I sit there and I go, no. But will they give him a script that's worth, you know? I mean, I went, because we were all stuck with this idea. We've got this one scene in our minds of Aquaman from Justice, Super Friends, Justice League. <laughs> Ride the fish like this, you know? And I just want to bring the Aquaman back because he's a fierce character. But I just think they're not going to give that beautiful man a script worth acting to. I'm sorry. Uh, I lost faith. Go for it. I wanted to, uh, I guess, first react to something that the ends of the table have said, uh, Thomas and Jason, and then, uh, I guess, throw a question to you. Um, you talked about the fact, Jason, that you uh, see... Marvel, or you see, you see a, a fault of DC, at least in the movies, is that they don't have people who love the characters working on them. Warner, Warner Brothers. I'm sorry, Warner Brothers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Which owns and, DC. And, and, and then I think at the end of the table, Thomas, you mentioned that in television, or what was it? Or was, I was one. Uh, sorry, uh, Mike, you, uh, you said in television, DC yeah. seems to be working well. Mm -hmm. And like to me, like a guy like Jeff Johns, it seems really, you can tell, passionately cares yeah, about the way yeah, he's yeah, guiding yeah, yeah. those series. Yeah. He's invested in those characters, and he makes the television shows work. Uh, do you guys know whether it's uh, Suicide Squad or some of the other stuff that's going to be coming out uh, where guys like Johns and, and, and other people that have been affiliated with DC and invested in it are going to be working on these things and trying to make the movie ventures better? You know, I have no idea. Um, he's been in TV for so long, I don't know if he even would even try and tackle a movie. Yeah. That's the biggest problem. I think if he actually did try and tackle a movie, he'd have to have a really good writer to make it work. Because I'm sure he could probably pull it off, but he has to have that writing behind him. You know? Well, I, mean, I mean, it's like, uh, what's his name uh, that did um, uh, Serenity? Just Whitney. Exactly. He wrote most of that script himself yeah. to make that work. Okay, and it's wonderful. It's it's a great show, and everything else. And he's helped with several other movies, you know. But he's always had that extra input to put into it. A lot of control. A lot of control. And I don't know if they'll ever give him that type of control for making a movie. And they also have trust, right? I don't know if they would ever trust him. And that's the thing about Warner Brothers. I think they realize that they've missed the boat, that they're late to the game. They're freaking out because they don't want to see their stock prices fail. And so I don't think they trust anybody. I don't think there's a... a, a Jesus Christ could show up at Warner Brothers and say, My son, I have the perfect Aquaman script. And they'd be like, No, Jesus, I'm sorry. Our analytics and our research says that's not going to fly. And he goes, But I'm the son of God. I've written an Aquaman script. And, yeah, because I love Aquaman, right? Loaves and fishes, right? I'm like, no, nah, Jesus, I'm sorry. Because you know, this is all, I think mean, Warner Brothers is acting out of fear. But, and I, but now, in spite of that, some people could do really wonderful things, like like uh, casting Jason Momoa as, as Aquaman. I was, just, I was just like, okay, now I'm paying attention. Yep. And, oh, yeah. and, and Will Smith. Will Smith may have a bomb, but Will Smith is not stupid. Will Smith don't attack stuff that he knows is going to be crap. So the fact that he's in Suicide Squad, 
Huh? Did you see after her? Did you see everything else he did before that? <laughs> Wild West. Wild West makes a million dollars. It did. Three hundred freaking million. He don't. He don't. Come on now. He don't. He don't play. He's and even ID Four, he actually made a bank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Will Smith could make a movie reading his grocery you know, list and make money. All right. He don't play. I think so. So it's it's a the studios have different takes on it, right? Yes. So Disney has had Marvel. And now it's got Star Wars, and we're all crossing our fingers. But Time Warner has got Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. They've got all these other things that are also up underneath their banner. And I just don't think that they pay attention. No, no, I think no. it's numbers for them instead of being able to focus on making a good story. And that's yeah. my well, biggest problem with Star Wars. It's as opposed to a single head like Kevin Feige. They don't have a Kevin Feige. Right now, Zack Snyder's probably the closest thing they have. Well, and, 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 so. and, and Marvel had a track record. Marvel released their first... I believe Hulk was a Fox, 20th Century Fox production, yeah. right? And so mm -hmm. Marvel had a track record before Disney bought them. And I'm sure there were discussions that says, hey, this is a moneymaker, but it's a moneymaker because we have a formula. Don't mess with them. Give us your pay. Give us your checkbook, Disney, but don't mess with the formula. Mm -hmm. And Disney's like, hey, we do formula stuff too. That's why every five or six years we do a kid's cartoon movie. We get it. Here's, here's mm -hmm. your checkbook. Yeah. We had a couple questions. We'll start with so, I'm wondering maybe if this really isn't so much of a Time Warner Brothers problem as much as it's the change we're seeing in Hollywood, where 20 years ago, movies were everything and TV just kind of had some stuff, but now we're seeing this real transfer into to television as the medium, that you can tell such a better story with 100 hours of, tel of you know, 101 hour seasons or uh, episodes rather than one two hour movie, um, and so, sort of a change in Hollywood itself. Do you think what you're talking about is actually more of a reaction to that than a change to just rather than who these people are and not caring? Anybody want to talk about that? So, you know, I don't know. That, so, uh, I'm not totally caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You could still spoil things for me. It doesn't bother me. Um, I, she, she's Daisy Johnson, I know. I'm good with that, so you can say stuff. But I watch, <laughs> I watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I go, I mean, I'm watching because my kids want to watch it, right? I'm not watching because I think it's an awesome TV show. I think DC is doing a better job on the TV shows than Marvel is. So why is that? I think it's because, <laughs> I mean, that show might have Josh Whedon's name on it, but I don't think he's paying attention. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. It's a lack of focus. I, I, would, I would respectfully disagree with the premise because, and I understand what you're saying, there's great... We were in a television show renaissance, right? Mm -hmm. And I completely agree with that. But I think with the overseas market, uh, you, you're still getting movies that can make half a billion, three quarters of a billion, a billion dollars. Because if you didn't, the studios would be wise enough to shrink their, shrink their operating budgets. Mm -hmm. Why make a $200 million movie if you don't have a chance of making $750 million on it? And you're still seeing that. If what you say was true and the Steelers were freaking out, I think that over time you would see the budgets either stay pat or begin to shrink slightly. Well, that's a large part of the reason why a lot of movies now are also getting set in international settings. Mm -hmm. Ultron was not supposed to have as many places as it did, but they actually put it in a lot of international markets for the sole reason that they could have a better international show. Because right now, international markets are averaging about 60 to 70% of major blockbusters' um, pace. Like, um, uh, the main reason they set the entire final third act of the last Transformers in China was for that exact reason. 
Yeah, they brought in almost as much as the U.S. <coughs> who, who, um, saw, who saw The Martian? Not yet. Okay, so international. <laughs> well, yeah, because who are, the good, who are the good guys who show up with a special rocket that can get the stuff on them? Yeah. The Chinese. It's a two-minute subplot, and now you can make $100 million in China. Yeah, yeah. That's, actually that's, real, that's, that's actually in the novel, though. In the original. In the original real. Novel. Well, he was brilliant, yes. because yeah. now they can open in China. Yeah, when Pakistan, uh, the market gets bigger in Pakistan, then we'll talk. I want to get started on the Martian because I'll just go, it's a rabbit hole. <laughs> um, but that's it, I mean, too, with Netflix, I think that's one area where Marvel is killing it on TV. Because, um, I mean, they, they're putting, um, I think, an estimated 200 million into all those different uh, series that they're doing. And But again, that boils down to Drew, Go Drew Goddard. He's the overseer of the Netflix Marvel universe that is getting set up. Um, so he was the primary head writer. He was the showrunner for Director for Daredevil. And he also is helping to produce uh, Jessica Jones. That new trailer hit today it looks awesome. And really dark, actually, going after Marvel's own. Um, I think it's their gang to the uh, movie's end. So um, I'll be curious to see. I think it's mainly just because everybody's absorbing media in so many different ways, so many different areas of it. Um, actually, you had brought up Zack Snyder as kind of a quote-unquote showrunner of the DC Cinematic Universe. Actually, it's David Goyer, um, who weirdly enough got his start doing Blade movies for Marvel. Um, but as kind of a quote-unquote showrunner of the DC Universe, you've got Kevin Feige working with Marvel, and they have Marvel Studios. Does it behoove DC to not, or Warner Brothers even, to not have, like, DC cinema studios? Oh, like, like an imprint studio? Mm-hmm. Just for them. Oh, that's a good question. Well, I, yes. I mean, going off that, that way, when you talk about like they're, that they've got like a, a fractured Cause they, cause they look do, at everything. Like they do do that for their for their indie flicks. Most studios yeah. have a, a, an imprint studio for their You know, the, the fracturedness of DC is just historical. I mean, it, it, it's, the way they, it's the way they started, right? How long was it that all those characters were out before you ever saw them in one comic together? I mean, it would, 15 years, right, for Wonder Woman, and, and these guys were in this uh, comic too. And they didn't want to have Wonder Woman in there, by the way. But But Marvel came in later and was designed to be not siloed, right? So in a way, I think we're just seeing this artifact of the way the, the two different companies set up their, their comic system. Well, as far as the movie studios go, basically what ended up happening is most of the actual um, Marvel Universe stuff was actually tied to 20th Century Fox. Marvel turned around and said, we're going to go ahead and make our own uh, studio and buy most of it back. They don't have Fantastic Four yet. They can't get it back. X-Men is another one that they have not been able to get back from 20th Century Fox. But most of the others, they actually have now under the Marvel yeah, name. Yeah, Blade, Blade, Blade went back a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and unfortunately, before they had a chance, Disney came along and said, we're going to buy your Marvel studio. And that's the reason why Marvel turned around and said, okay, well, if you're going to do that, we want to make sure we can still do what we're supposed to do. Well, and that's part Except of the business model. Yeah. Um, because like, for the three major like subsets of Disney, you've got Pixar, yeah. Star Wars. Uh, well, Pixar's uh, no longer Disney. Yeah. Well, no, that's the thing, is that um, Kevin Feige 
runs Marvel. Mm -hmm. John Lasseter runs Pixar. John Lasseter has actually left Disney. Disney no longer owns Pixar. Traitor. Well, yeah, they're a distributor at this point. Nope. They are completely separate. When did that happen? It was about uh, a little bit earlier this year. Yeah, it was this year. And long planned, right? But I think to Thomas's point, I think to Thomas's point, yeah. Disney, Disney knows not how to screw stuff up, right? They know not to choke the golden goose. They try right? not to anyway, yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they try, well, they try not to choke the golden goose, and they know that um, within reason, they give well blank checks and good things, generally speaking, mm -hmm. happen. And I think that's been an excellent business model. And for Pixar, it worked great, and Disney got a lot out of it. But they finally cut ties. What are they doing with Toy Story 4 and all those sequels? They're doing them under Pixar only. Oh, that's interesting. Will they be distributed by Disney? Nope. It's going to be Pixar only. John Lasseter turned around this year. John Lasseter turned around this year, looked at uh, Disney, and said, We don't like the direction you're going. We're leaving. Huh. But didn't Disney own Pixar? At a point. Yeah, so point Pixar point. had to raise cash to buy itself back. No, exactly. It's separation. They agreed to do so many movies together. Yeah. Okay, okay. So okay. That, yeah, Mark, that makes sense. Because Disney's, um, Disney's, like, Disney's like the mob. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're never out. The, 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 the rule is at Disney is if you're not going to come in on Saturday, don't come, don't bother coming in on Sunday. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the other part was uh, um, Lucas's company. Kathleen Kennedy's running that. And that's why they're setting the Star Wars universe. Okay, so you mentioned X-Men and Fantastic Four. Do we want them in the universe or would it start to clutter? Um, I mean, it, it kind of depends. I mean, we've, al we've already started seeing some of the actual uh, mutants coming back into the actual um, um, Avengers and whatnot. Uh, uh, Scarlet Witch and uh, Quicksilver are both in uh, Ultron, although different um, actors. And they never, <laughs> they never use their names. No, they didn't. These are personal names, but you never heard of yeah. Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. And they don't call no. mutants. Oh, they're, uh, they're no. Enhanced. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're enhanced. Enhanced. yeah. They're enhanced. Yeah, they're enhanced. And they didn't call them mutants, but they are from the X-Men universe. So they actually are slowly coming back, but what they're doing is they're kind of bringing them back in a different way. So that way they don't have to, so that way they don't have to go, oh, well, we're infringing on you. No, we're not. We're, we're recreating them over here. You know, well, type well, situation. Actually, when, when, when the X-Men spun off, part of the contract was that those were the only two mutants that would be ever be allowed in an Avengers or a Marvel film. But yeah. there were specific rules. Like you could not call them Scarlet Witch. You could not call them Quicksilver. You had to use their, their real names. Well, and, mm -hmm. Yeah, the parents are in Ultron are just kind of like, mm, yeah, 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 yeah. They die here. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but to answer your question, Thomas, um, Marvel did something they decided like 20 years ago, 15 years ago, that they were going to stop having the same old lineup for X-Men, and they were going to, I mean for the Avengers, and they were going to take the most popular characters and put them on the Avengers, like DC does for Justice League. And to answer your question, I want some type of relationship between 20th Century Fox and Disney, because I want to see X-Men, I want to see Wolverine as an Avenger. That would be awesome. Just once. <laughs> just once. Just, 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 just once. once. Just once. 
the one I mean, thing I don't know. There's some negotiation, but there's bad blood, right? There was acts of There was of bad, bad blood with Sony, and then Sony screwed up. Here, right? And they came with hat in hand and said, can you teach us how to do superheroes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? And, and what, I, what I loved was that no money changed hand. They just said, you can have us and we can have Iron When you see them doing petty things and going back through and, and you know, you, they've got this artwork and there's, you know, whiting out the, the, the Fantastic Four from pre-existing artworks and you just go, my friends, this is not the way to get things going again. This is, yeah. this is, this is not good behavior. I mean, let's so, put it this way. If there was enough money on the table, you would see an Avengers Justice League crossover if everybody thought they'd make a poop load. And they would. Yeah. yeah. You would that see, actually would be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, can you imagine doing an amalgam movie? No, Does anybody remember the amalgam Of course I do. That's when they <laughs> blended both the characters. So, like, you had the claw, which was a blend of Wolverine and Batman, and you had mm -hmm. the yeah, Super Soldier, you. which so was Captain America. That. that would be epic. That would be epic. For yeah. one reason I don't see that happening, though, studio executives would actually if there was a if there was a if yeah, there was a no if there was a pile of money the size of Rhode Island, they would greenlight that guy. Yeah, exactly. They would get into a total pissing contest. Mm -hmm. Probably. And then somebody would control. Well, it's they like check different cultures for how they yes. how they get their work done. Yeah. Who, who would be in charge, right? Yeah. Well, it's like Shaq and Kobe. You you need, you need the guy who has the logo to say, "You see that? I'm the logo. Shut up and go play." Yeah. And here's some more money. So yeah. Smell the money. Smell the money. Follow the money. <laughs> I would want to see X-Men come in just so that way we could finally get the Wolverine Hulk fight. I mean, that's, oh, that would absolutely be and, and it only has to happen. Uh, yeah, it only, it's it actually very happen. much a fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I mean, you know, those two rarely get along. Um, but it's just because they're both based on rage. And so they just feed each other. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Actually, I had a question. Um, very early on, you talked about how the movies and the comics don't really coincide. Um when Todd McFarlane put out Spawn the Comics, Spawn the Movie, Spawn the Cartoon, they were all just a little bit different from each other. Correct. And someone asked Todd McFarlane why he did that. He goes, well, why would you want to tell the same story over and over? Once again, do you want to see... I mean, we saw the Dark Phoenix saga sort of in X-Men 3. Do you want to see like direct adaptations in the movies, or do you want to see like a fresh new look at the stories we know? What I have, basically what I have noticed, okay, personally, I love the adaptations they're doing for the movies, okay, because they're not the comics, okay? That's my personal take on it, but a lot of my friends, a lot of people I know have all said, well, I don't like the movie. It doesn't have anything to do with the actual people right. that are in the comics. There's a lot of bad blood there for some stupid reason. Me, I could care less. I would rather have a good story that makes a good movie than actually go through the comic and make it a direct representation. You'd rather see it reserviced positively. Exactly. I think people who say things like, well, it's not a direct adaption of the comic book, I think they haven't been comic book readers for very long. No, or, they're, because, or they have Asperger's. Yeah, they don't understand. Yeah. Or they've been even comic book readers for too long. How many, how many iterations do we have? I mean, it's the nature of it, right, that we resurface it for... Get into the Star Trek conversation as well. You know, it's not directly exactly the same. Well, no, no, of course it's not because what would be the purpose? But we're resurfacing it for now, for this, You're for this purpose, it. right? And I think that's that means that you must have great source material. 
if you can keep re-imaging these characters for each new generation, their new set of problems, the way the culture is shifting, and it still remains relevant, and it, it goes from being a 2D object to a, a moving film object, if it's that rich that you can do that, then awesome. Marvel's Comic always, is art, right? Marvel's always been able to do that. Yeah. Well, Marvel, Marvel can do that because they're human beings that are becoming heroes, as opposed to DC, which has demigods who don't have character art. It's, He's it's just much, an alien. Come on it's, now. It's much, <laughs> it is. It's, I mean, so how many times they had to resurf, reboot Superman because he keeps building up, building up, and now it's, the story's Every no fun, years. right? Because he's invincible, yeah. right? Uh, wipe it away, start over. You know? Well, and that's why I, I'm predicting that Civil War, if they do it right, could be the best MCU movie that they're ever going to make. And the thing I like, too, is that I've read that comic and I really enjoyed it, but I think it's going to be very different. Like, I almost don't want to watch the trailers. I just want to almost go in completely unknowing what, what they're going to do. Because they've assembled Spider-Man, obviously I have an idea of one major event that's going to occur. I secretly hope that they're going to sneak John Bernthal as the Punisher in, too, because he has a pretty key moment. I think that'd be cool. I think they probably assembled You just him got in. me excited. That's great. Yeah, I, I think they probably brought him in a little too late. I don't think they were probably able to sneak him in, but that would have been amazing if they did. But um, We had two questions. I'll go ahead and get you uh, after the uh, there was the whole conversation about people griping about how the movies were not a direct adaptation of the comics. I think it's got something to do with the same reason as to why they were griping about Harry Potter, with how it wasn't a direct adaptation of books. They, there's always going to be people who gripe about movies when they're not a direct copy of the books. Well, with Harry Potter, they would have been... 10 hour movies. I always tried to avoid doing that, but when it came to The Hobbit, I drew the line. They crossed the line. I think what we're getting around in a roundabout way is, the, is why do you read? I read for story, but there are some people who have fascist fantasies and, <laughs> because they're powerless and they want to read for power. Right? Most of the people I know who love Superman, they don't love Superman because he's got a heart of gold. They love Superman because he could push the planet out of orbit and they're powerless people and they fantasize about having agency in their own lives. So when I talk to people, because I used to work at the Renaissance Fair in Southern California, and like I got into arguments with people who didn't like Gladiator because the up and thumb up and down was wrong. Right? And I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Digging deep for hate, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's digging deep. Or people who didn't like uh, Excalibur because that armor didn't exist in the 7th century. It's a fantasy film, right? Turn the page, Neither did Excalibur. Technically, it's actually. Yeah, yeah. She's like, turn the page, man. It's a story. We're all here to listen to a story. Go ahead, sir. Okay, so I was thinking about DC, and um, I just want to throw this out see if you guys had any thoughts about this. Um, DC, for one thing, DC seems to be really intent on reinventing the origin story for Superman and Batman, particularly, um, every time they, they do a movie. I mean, they're apparently shooting the, the Batman's parents get gunned down by a mother scene for Batman to be Superman, because... Yeah, they showed it in the trailer. It was a clip of it. Yeah, because that makes sense for some reason. Um, <laughs> but, I, but, I was, but at the same time, I was thinking, they seem to have a... A real, a real fixation on two particular stories, on um, Frank Miller's 
Dark Knight Returns, yes, and Watchmen as sort of the the keystones of not necessarily the DC universe, although DC cinematic universe, but also but more of the tone of what they're going for. I mean, Zack Snyder famously did Watchmen. I thought he actually did a pretty good job of Watchmen. I did too. Um, and he's got you know, and then, and they're literally doing a lot of Frank Miller stuff for Batman v Superman. I do you think that this is probably this is a good thing, bad thing? I mean, I hope that with yeah, showing Bruce's parents get gunned down, it's just like a quick flashback or something. Like we don't need it. You know, it, it's the same thing. Um, once they announced Spider-Man was coming into the MCU, um, there's this awesome website. It's called textfromsuperheroes.com. Has anyone seen it? It's marvelous because basically all this website does is it just creates text conversations between actual superheroes. And there's one where Spider-Man said, "Hey, since I'm going to be joining the team, you guys probably want to hear my origin story." And immediately, everyone's like, "No, God, no, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle's dead. Responsibility. Website. Blah, blah, blah. We got it." Um, it was marvelous. And I think we're at the same point with Batman. Like, at the, I mean, even yeah, exactly. When you know, with Gotham, when they did the pilot, that was the opening scene. It was just like, okay, they're gone down. Moving on. You know, they're trying to give you a psychological motivation for why the character does the weird stuff he does. Like, I get that. And there may be somebody on the planet who does not know. <laughs> yeah. But if they if they don't know, I don't think they'd be going to the movie. Well, I think there are a lot of people who don't know the origin story of Batman, and they're all in Pakistan. (laughs) (laughs) There's that international market. Have gun down in Pakistan. We'll drop drop flyers. We'll we'll put flyers on the car. We'll have Iron Man do it. <laughs> I think DC's having a trouble moving out of the era that they started in into here and now. Marvel started when it was an uproar in society. Okay? And even Stan Lee admits that. Yeah. And Chris Claremont admits that. Okay. DC is afraid. At least that's the way it looks. They're afraid. Okay, Marvel can cover these issues, but we can't. In okay. the past, DC has yeah, completely have. restructured characters. But I agree with you. I think they're afraid now. Yeah. And I think going back to Wonder Woman, I don't think that the public could handle the original Wonder Woman. I mean, she was uh, written by a... Uh, Created uh, by a Harvard psychologist, the guy who created the lie detector, mm-hmm. and he believed that he really did believe that men lacked the ability, the personality, the, the, the cognitive structures to rule, and that women really should rule, and that's why he created Wonder Woman. If you go back and read some of those early, early Wonder Womans, she was strong. That's normally only on some very like their websites. And look at his personal life. Well, exactly so. So it was a strip where she's telling one of her female trainees, the man that you're with, he does not know how to behave. Put him in the cage overnight and come back tomorrow and see if he knows how to behave. Mm -hmm. Mason talk stuff. I want to see that movie. Yeah. Right? So I don't think the poet can handle it because they've got such a lot of dog. And not call it 50 Shades. No, she was. was (laughs) And, and, And DC has done stuff 
before, in the 70s, they did a series called Green Arrow, Green Lantern. Mm -hmm. And it was all social justice stuff, yeah. right? Where where Green Lantern gets confronted with his casual racism on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And even in the Justice League cartoon they did a couple of years ago, Green Arrow is still very liberal. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's a billionaire playboy philanthropist, but he's still very liberal. So there is a history of DC doing this. I don't think the puppeteers at Warner Brothers have, have the guts to do that kind of kind of story. And, and let me just also say, um, I had a, uh, a friend of mine when I was in graduate school, we, we, well, we were in a course, and it was uh, the course was about how Americans subconsciously were planning for World War II, even in the early 30s. It was fascinating. Everybody's master's program was fascinating. This one woman did hers on comic books. Mm -hmm. Superman is very liberal. Very liberal uh, in those comics. He's never he's never union busting in the '30s uh, comic strips. He's never uh, going after a lot of organized crime. He's going after rich guys and munitions makers mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. So that Superman, you're never going to see it in, in, yeah. in the comics. Captain America, just to throw that one out. Captain America debuted a full year and a half. America when, you know, declared war on... Yes, yes, and what is he doing? Uh, episode one, issue one? Punching Hitler on Punching Hitler right in the kisser. Do you think at all, like, the, the rise of series on, on in, in, uh, venues like Netflix, that that will, uh, that at some point that will give some testicular fortitude to Warner Brothers to try, uh, uh, you know, subject matter that they, that they have heretofore been a little reticent to, you know, perhaps picking up a character like Swamp Thing, uh, which had some social relevance to it, and and trying to put that in a venue where it's a where you can be a little bit more um, niche oriented and you can treat you can be a little bit more um, I don't know what I'm looking for, but it, it, it you know uh, aggressive with, with with themes that you want to push. Uh, you know, is there you, you think there's the possibility for that? I mean, do you, you think you know what do you guys see as the as the role of Netflix? in allowing for more of this stuff to come out. So I don't know that I'm seeing a whole bunch about social relevance. I think I'm, you know, I've got a 13-year-old son still at home, right? So these are, all, I, I see a lot, a lot more sexiness than I see social relevance. I mean, it's still there. There's still a veneer of it, right? But uh, I, I'm actually a little worried by the, you know, adult dark turn that some of these series have taken because I think it takes it out of the reach of who needs superheroes and it's kids. I wish, I wish in a way they reel it back a little bit. There should be an adult version of the kids. We only have a couple of, uh, minutes left. I wanted to ask just a couple of kind of random questions could be really quick. So Guardians of the Galaxy was kind of a curveball. None of us really saw coming. I mean, you know, I absolutely loved it. Oh yeah, no, that's the thing. When this movie came out, everybody just fell in love. When you saw the, the little the little uh, snippet at the end of the previous movie, that everybody went, huh? What's that? Yeah, like when they first announced it, I was just like, this is really odd. But then once the first trailer hit, I was like, okay, this is gonna be amazing. And so, what would DC's Guardians be if they could make it and do it right? Obviously. You guys trying to more? I'd, I'd say it, Suicide Squad. It would be Suicide yeah, Squad. I would say that's one of the Suicide Squad. Squad if yeah. Suicide Squad works. Yeah. You know, which we still don't. We still don't have a, a clear as uh, 
If it yeah, works. Kind of interesting. Yeah. That trailer. Yeah. Really awesome. Well, I, 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 maybe I'm thinking more. I, I'm, you know, because of the fact that I'm, I'm more DC oriented, I think a bit about television more than I do films. Mm-hmm. But Guardians of the Galaxy had a certain lightness to it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that Suicide Squad can thematically go there, but, uh, and I, I'm probably uh, shooting the moon with this aspiration, but a, a franchise like Legends of Tomorrow, I think, can be that light um, and still be entertaining. And I would say if you could pull off the humor, and it was, it was dark humor, but Doom Patrol. Oh, that, if DC pulled Doom Patrol and did it right... That would be a master stroke. Yeah. When you say that um, Suicide Squad wouldn't be as light and stuff, and wouldn't be like quite the status of Guardians of the Galaxy, um, I kind of disagree with that because, uh, well, the dark sense of humor, yet not it on the kids' side, would still be uh, still hit a chord with more of the adult crowd, and I think that would. So that it would be, it would sort of you'd still be able to pull in that 14 and up kind of market, right? 13 and up kind of market. You could do it if you wanted to, and you could make it light. I think DC's problem is they've been trying to make everything so dark and sexy. And well, that's because you know. of Batman, but yes. And, and, and <laughs> the, thing about, the thing about Guardians of the Galaxy is it's not that Guardians of the Galaxy drew in lots and lots and lots of 14 year olds and up, it drew in families that had eight year olds. Yeah. So instead of one 14-year-old boy going and spending his money, you had mom, dad, yep. the three that's kids, true. the baby, right, everybody. And that's why it was. You can't do that with Suicide Squad because you've got homicidal maniacs on that team, <laughs> right? And the way Suicide go, is in the title. Yes, yeah, suicide <laughs> is in the title. Plus, the way, plus they, they are, and I'm uncomfortable with this too, the way they've sexualized Harley Quinn. Yeah. And, oh, God. And <laughs> I mean, have her quite frankly dressed kind of like a streetwalker, right? I don't know. I don't know if if I was a parent, I would want my my child under fourteen. Like if I had a fourteen year old daughter, I'd be like, go, honey, and have fun. But if I had a twelve year old daughter, we'd have to have a conversation before. I would. So we've got a nine-year-old granddaughter and love Guardian of the Galaxy. You're not a nine-year-old granddaughter. You stop. But I'm not taking her to see Suicide Squad. Stop your dirty lies. (laughs) I'm not taking her to see Suicide Squad, but we saw Guardian of the Galaxy together, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I think that's DC's problem. If they really want to get in that, the money game like Marvel's in, they they need to look at that. It doesn't have to be. When you watch uh, the Avengers and you watch... Captain America, Winter Soldier. Some pretty adult, thick yeah. commentary going on there, right? But it's like not so sexy. <laughs> so it doesn't have to be that way for adults and kids to both enjoy it. And that's why Marvel's making so much yeah. money. Yeah, I think, I think kind of what you were aiming at, though, too, is that like suicide could be the curveball that could kind of shift. Yes, the it's quirky. It's a quirky. Yeah. And I agree with that. Yeah. Do you realize the reason why Harley Quinn's been going that direction? I don't. It's actually because of the Arkham Knight games. Well, that's it, video games. So I'm, I'm hopeful about Aquaman. <laughs> but, I mean, in a way, that could be the Guardians in the sense that he could be the, the one that, you know, because, like, Aquaman, yeah, everybody pictures the flying fish and the butt end of the joke on every Justice League conversation that's had, and it could be the one that says, like, no, I'm here. 
Well, and it could be the coolest the, damn one in the entire well, world. The family-oriented DC yeah. movie. Well, and, right? I, and here's here's the thing. This is my this is truly my hope. My hope is is that these movies knock it out of the park, and I leave Batman vs Superman weeping with joy. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I do. I, I I want that because like um, uh, being African American, growing up in a single family home, like my mother loved Superman. Like she dragged me to see the Christopher Reeves movies, right? Because she needed a hero. <laughs> she needed a hero in her life, mm -hmm. and she didn't have one. So I want these movies to do well, and so I want them to say, okay, these did well. So this is the the archetype that we're going to do. But if they flop, I want Warner Brothers to say, okay, we screwed up. We still have a chance to get stuff back in line if we make some corrections now, and and go this way. Mm -hmm. So my hope is that. Whether or not Suicide Squad and Batman vs Superman are good, that they learn, and the other ones are. Because when I went to Denver Comic Con, and uh, my my wife—that's the fetching Mrs. Evans right back there. My wife's uncle—he was like, "Well, I don't get this whole comic book stuff. This this is just ridiculous." And I and he's seventy something years old, so I'm not going to clown the man in his house. But I, I just I was thinking to myself, well, you know, all those dumbass. Uh, cowboy stories were pretty ridiculous too. Yet you people, you people watched them for thirty freaking years before people got tired of them. That's just what comic books are going to be. So regardless of whether Warner Brothers screws up or not, I think this is the way things are going to be for the next fifteen or twenty years. And even after that, just like they still make cowboy movies, right? But they're more artsy. They're gonna, you know, twenty fifty. I'm gonna walk into a theater and see an artsy superhero. Yeah, it may not be seven movies a year, but no. It'll be indie, yeah. and it'll eventually be dark. Hawk. One, oh, of your <laughs> was, one of the questions is: are, are we saturated? And I'm not. Yeah, I'm doing. Bring right. on the superhero. Yeah. I'm doing fine too. Yeah. I, I think there could come a point, but it's not today. As yeah. long as they're making good ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. there'll come a point where they may start jumping the shark. But. Both comics have so many characters that they could do. Yes. And DC really needs to stop beating the dead horses. Sorry, I'm done. Yeah, they don't really have to continue to do Batman and Superman. Why don't we do a Justice League where we have all of them? We're getting there. But do you understand that's a story? So that's what I don't get is, I mean, if Avengers work so great because the characters flow in and out, I mean... And they yes, have they're, arguments. They're quick with each yeah. other. Yeah, it's it's witty. Oh, they have arguments thing. all the time. Why do we not have a justice league? <laughs> okay, but, but really do you understand, understand this is a corporate mentality? Like, yes. for 20 years before Ford finally filed for bankruptcy, they they pinned their entire market on a flashy car. One year mm -hmm. it was a truck. The next year it was a sedan. The year after that it was an economical car. Because that was the model that they felt worked. And because so much money was on the line, they got scared. Warner Brothers is scared. Someone says, hey, I would like to do a Dead Man movie. I think Dead Man would be hilarious. A family-friendly Dead Man movie with lots of quips and fun. And some guys like, are you insane? That would cost $200 million to do, and we'd only make 285 No, 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 no. They are scared to death. Now all they have to do is point at Green Lantern, Jonah Hex, Catwoman. Yeah, but, but, but they're, they're, they're acting the way they are because they're scared, I think. And there's a lot of money on the line. They don't want to screw this up. You know, Marvel did those really in, like independently budgeted like Blade movies, and you could do it cheap, relatively cheap. I mean, <laughs> Don't forget the Ghost Rider, too. 
First one, great. Let's not talk about Spirit of Vengeance. Um, the whole flamethrower while peeing thing. Yeah. Uh, kind of put me off. But I mean, you could do you could do a 20 million, 30 million indie um, dead man movie. Yeah. In that universe, and it would be great. Well, you know, he's a he's a film producer, so let's you write a script. Yep. You know. I am a writer. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll the camera. <laughs> you got a film? You got a camera operator? I'll direct. Okay, we need people for voiceovers. Oh, okay. <laughs> sign, sign up here if uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I have a bad robot app, so we can get JJ right on board. There you go. <laughs> Hot off the seat of the Star Wars thing. Sign up here if you want to be Thanagarian number 32. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you got that. That's horrible. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, I was told actually we don't have anything following us, so if we want to keep it going, we can. Um, does anyone have any other questions that we want to wrap it up with? I have a question for each of the panelists. Yeah. If you could choose to be one of these characters, either from DC or Marvel, who would you choose to be? Uh, for me, it's Captain America. Because um, as a kid, I was asthmatic. Weak. I tried to join the Air Force. Uh, they wouldn't take me. And um, my grandfather also fought in World War II. He was a part of Big Red One. Uh, he actually started in 1941 against um, Rommel in North Africa. Oh, wow. He actually stayed all the way through 46 as part of the post habitation Force in Germany. Um, to help reestablish government. So Cap's just always resonated with me because he's reminding me of my grandpa and a little bit of myself. And I, 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 I just, you know, he speaks to me a lot. Thanks. It's the military haircut. You, got, you definitely have the Cap, like, regulatory. Maybe she Hulk because she doesn't apologize for herself. She doesn't make, uh, she doesn't feel like she has to. She could, she rocks the green all the time. And because she spends her life uh, fighting for things that she believes in. Spider-Man, actually, for me, um, just because of the fact that he is one sarcastic, cocky son of a gun. <laughs> okay. Um, Deadpool would be the only other one I would actually choose. <laughs> just because of the fact of that same situation. Okay. So, exactly. You know, they almost look identical to each other, don't they? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was joking by Deadpool. My <laughs> absolute favorite thing about Deadpool is the fact that he talks to the reader. Yes. Okay? He's not just being in the story. He's bringing you into it because he's talking to you. Okay? And he is literally hilarious where it comes to just about anything he does. So those two characters are a tie for me. Just because of the fact that I like to live my life that way. <laughs> Just absolutely being that sarcastic, cocky, you know, SOB that everybody hates. <laughs> I can pick a second when I see Storm. Howard the Duck. No. That would be so cool. No, I, I, after much consideration, I too would be Captain America because uh, my mother was a single parent and I didn't have a lot of male role models in my life, and Captain America was the man. I wanted to be. He was a guy who was going to stand up and he was going to fight the good fight. And the reason why I love Captain America more than I love Superman, because their, their ethics are the, exactly the same, is that Superman never had to go fight the Red Skull with three cracked ribs and, and a concussion and a gunshot wound. 
right? And Captain America was going to say, I'm going to give this my all till I got nothing else to give. Captain America chose it. Yeah. Yeah. And can I can I can I can I just say this? I'm gonna get on my soapbox a little. Uh, I I was a middle school teacher for a very long time, and the, the thing that really disturbs me today is that you have boys who desperately want to be men and they don't know what it's like. And I'm gonna say something politically incorrect, they're surrounded by women all the time. Who tell them to express their feelings, and they're hungry, they're horny, or they're angry. <laughs> you and can't that's express it, any of those, right? Yeah, and, <laughs> you and, and, and so, and so they have to be taught that there's a higher reason, there's a higher power, there's a higher purpose, right? It's okay, it's okay to punch somebody, but it's only when you're defending yourself, defending your property, or protecting somebody who can't protect themselves. Exactly. And so that's why comic books are important because they teach boys how to be men. Mm -hmm. so. Not only that, that, it teaches too. them how to read. <laughs> you know, you know that is, no, 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 no. You, you're absolutely right. I was a very poor reader. I was reading at first grade level when I was in fourth grade. Mm -hmm. My mom had me tutors, and I was kind of getting better. Eighth, seventh grade, I discovered comic books, and I became a veracity. I learned more about science by reading comic books than I ever did in any science class. And, so, and social etiquette. Yeah. Well, there's a direct social connection justice. to literacy levels and um, yes. empathy, emotional, social interaction. Yeah. Empathy, yeah. That's how I learned that there was a John Carter book was by reading that X, right? So it's it, it's a bridge, and quite frankly, I mean I understand I understand the generation you come from and why they said that, but there's not much difference between Batman and Hercules. There really isn't. Hercules is messed up. Moses is messed. Moses is messed up. He murders a man and buries him in the sand. So the the the, the classical lit that we've been taught, you know. Comic books are just our modern version of the classical lit. Well, and a good example of uh, uh, reading, you read in the in the newspapers, Calvin and Hobbes, that is the biggest, mature yes. vocabulary oh, of just about any comic strip. Mm -hmm. And so you read that in the newspaper, you're going to improve your reading grade. I learned a lot of humor because of the far side. Mm -hmm. that, uh, I miss that. <laughs> That was actually my favorite comic reader. Yeah. So. Well, let's go to the next yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thank um, you, guys. Yeah. Thank, Thank you so much. Thanks so much. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. For more information, visit www.bacnpodcast.com. Your home for almost bacon and banjo!